If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We start with British Columbia's healthcare system feeling the stress, feeling the strain. Let's discuss it now with my guest, Dr. Kevin McLeod, internal medicine specialist, Lionsgate Hospital. And I'm always grateful for his time on the show. Kevin, thank you for coming on today. Mike, thanks for having me. You know, the, the housing discussion is a really important one. And I, you and I have said this before, but it, it has a direct impact on our ability to provide health services, right? I mean, the, the cost of housing is so high and in certain communities in particular, we can't recruit people to then work in hospitals and work in clinics. You know, it's becoming a giant problem being able, being able to sort of recruit people to our community to, to do the work that's needed to be done. Yeah, I think it's a great point, especially when you think that if people cannot afford to live here, well, are they going to move here to work? So, yeah, it is a big factor for for sure. And this is a big problem in healthcare right now, the demands on the system, the strains that we're seeing on the system. And you wrote a, a really interesting thread on Twitter the other day about the cost, the cost of healthcare. And you break down the cost per patient that you see in a practice profile that's put together by the Ministry of Health every year. There's some interesting numbers in here. Can you talk a little bit about that, like how much the healthcare system costs here per patient? Because this might surprise people. Yeah, I mean, the healthcare system is is pretty expensive per patient overall. The, the really yeah. big costs in the healthcare system are hospitals. Um, you know, I mean, they're, just, they're expensive to run and then the bureaucracy of the whole thing. You know, I'm I'm a, an internal medicine doctor, so you know I see people with sort of complex medical problems, maybe people with heart attacks or cancers or those sorts of things. It's, it's more complex patients, and I, I get this breakdown as all physicians do every year of you know, what does their practice look like based on your your billing to the medical service plan, and and um, you know the cost the co- my cost to the system per patient is is relatively low, um, you know, I think, or at least I think, maybe I'm biased, but you know, my cost to the system per patient that's in my practice is $235 a year. Now, and that's not per visit, like that's for the entire year to provide service to to a patient. Um, now, you know, some patients are more and some are less depending on their complexity, but that works out to the, to the average. My peer group's in the $380 range, so I, I think I run things really carefully with taxpayer dollars. But, you know, you, you could extend what I do. I mean, I have a giant waiting list and people trying to, to get in for care with, with things like physician assistants or nurses or nurse practitioners. Yeah. And, and, and instead of having a complicated bureaucracy, it's kind of like the housing question, right? Like, do we, and I don't know the answer for the housing question, but do we need a complicated bureaucracy to run it? Or do you say, no, like you as the physician, as a small business, you know, hire the staff that you need um, you're allowed to hire physician assistants. Take some of the complexity, the bureaucratic complexity out of it and and let me run things efficiently, um, you know, because they audit us. They look at what we spend every year. You know, they can see that it's a very efficient use of dollars, um, you know, in my mind. 
Yeah, no, I think that the case for the physician assistance has been laid out really, really convincingly by yourself and others. And government certainly says they're taking a look at it and they haven't ruled it out. But it does seem to be grinding along very, very slowly. Speaking of Dr. Kevin McLeod about our healthcare system, Kevin, uh, speaking of bureaucracy in the healthcare system, really interested in your thoughts on this. Kevin Falcon, the leader of the opposition in the legislature now, BC United leader, he was on the show here last week. We were talking about the challenges in the healthcare system, and he continues to make the point that he feels the system is too bloated, too bureaucratic, not enough money spent on frontline services, too much being spent on managers and bureaucrats. I'm interested in your thoughts on that. Let's listen to Kevin Falcon here. Here's what he told me last week about this. I used to say there were 64 vice presidents earning over a quarter million a year. Now there's 70. It's actually gotten worse. Wow since we raised this last year. So I just, I find the whole thing frustrating because I, I think the patients are losing out because we're not focused on patients. We're focused on growing the bureaucracy. So he says there's 70 big bucks vice presidents in the system right now and the bureaucracy is too big, too expensive. Do you agree with him? I think I think to some extent he's right. Um, I mean, you do need a bureaucracy to run a complicated system, but but sometimes I think we make it much more complicated than it needs to be. I'll never forget, and this this is years ago. It's not, you know, it's it's not unique to the present government or or anything like that. Um, but I remember being in emergency, and and there was one nurse who was just totally struggling, overwhelmed with the number of patients, and there was this team of people that you could sort of label were administration uh, that were coming around to try to expedite getting people out of the hospital. And they kept pummeling her with questions. I was sitting in the background overhearing some of this saying, well, what about this? Why didn't you this? And she finally said, there's like eight of you guys here asking me questions. There's one of me for all these patients. Like, Something's wrong. And and she made a really good point, I thought, with that, mm. because we, we are a little bit top-heavy maybe in the, the management side of things as opposed to that direct patient care. And it's, it's one of the reasons I'm a, a big believer in, you know, you have to audit this. You have to have oversight. But having the physician hire that, that nurse or physician assistant in their office and, and run it efficiently um, you know, you don't need a huge bureaucratic structure to make that work with, with all the costs associated with that. Speaking about our healthcare system with Dr. Kevin McLeod this morning, let me ask you about another hot topic here uh, that came up the other day at the Union of BC Municipalities. That's the major organization for municipal governments in BC. And it's the, the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. So British Columbia is the only province left now that has this mandate you must be vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to work in the system. And, you know, we hear people saying, well, if we have this shortage of staff, why do we not just get rid of this this mandate and bring these unvaccinated workers back into our, our hospitals? This is something that the opposition has, has called for. Kevin Falcon, we just played a clip of him. The government, though, holding firm on this, saying, no, we need to have that vaccine mandate in place. Let me play a clip here for you, Kevin, get your thoughts. So this is uh, Chris Newell. He is a, a local a local government politician in the north of British Columbia in Bulkley, Nachaco. And listen to how he describes here how there was a, an unvaccinated doctor in town who can't work in the system anymore and the impact that's had. Let's listen. We lost a doctor in Smithers um, at, at the hospital because of this. He, that's, that one doctor might have 2,000 patients. You know, I, I live in a town that's got maybe 2,500 people. 
You know, like you, you lose one healthcare professional, it, it's huge. Okay, I think it's interesting. Like, I don't know why a doctor wouldn't get vaccinated, but anyway, your your thoughts, Kevin? What do you, what do you think of that mandate? I think it's it's now really not about um, necessarily patient safety, and it's it's more about politics, and and that's unfortunate, right? I'm a big believer in vaccinations. Yes. I got vaccinated. Have I had all my boosters? No, I haven't because I've had COVID. I think I think we. We just got to be honest with the public. So if you really look at the data, does the COVID vaccination and boosters reduce your risk of getting COVID marginally? You know, it really doesn't have this huge impact in preventing you from getting COVID. What it's good at doing is if you have underlying health conditions, lung disease, other things, it, it helps to keep you out of hospital. You know, so when we say that a, a young healthcare worker who's healthy can't work in the system because they haven't got a COVID vaccination, that isn't going to reduce their chance of really getting COVID or spreading it around to any significant extent. But then you look on the other side, we have policy that, you know, and you you find this online very easily, policy from government that says, hey, look, we're in a real critical shortage of healthcare workers. If you have COVID and you don't have a high fever, you're expected to come to work and put a mask on. So if you really step back as a as a logical person and say, well, wait a minute, like we're preventing people from working if they haven't had a vaccine, but we're telling people they have to come to work because we're short staffed if they have an active COVID infection. To, to me, that just seems ridiculous. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of evidence-based sense. And, you know, it's a very small number of healthcare workers who did not get vaccinated in certain regions of the province. It's higher. So that yes. makes a really good point. Um, you know, and, and sure, I mean, they may have their own individual reasons for not having wanted to get vaccinated. I think if you're a, a young, healthy 30-year-old, you can make the case that it's not going to offer you a huge amount of benefit. Um, and, and we've, you know, we sort of painted this as black and white, and it's it's not totally black and white. Again, the majority of people should get vaccinated, just like they should get yeah. vaccinated for the flu and shingles and everything else, you know. But um, but unfortunately, we've just we've had bad messaging on this, and we really are an outlier now, you know, in the world with having that mandate. And and is that really the right thing? I'm not so sure now. When other policies would be more effective at reducing spread, right? Like, you know, I look at the emergency department and there's people lined up down the hallway, many of them who who have COVID, you know, they're not in masks. There's not great ventilation systems. We have old hospital buildings. Like there's so many other things that we could do that would actually protect those patients. But it's it's easy to say, no, 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 we're protecting patients because we have this mandate don't ask us questions about everything else. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's kind of pulling the wool over people's eyes a little bit. Kevin, I really appreciate your thoughts this morning. Thank you for coming on. Mike, anytime.